0: Hello and welcome to Divided by Brand, the weekly podcast show for entrepreneurs, business owners and influencers. If you want to learn more about branding, hear from industry experts and first-hand accounts, about ways that you might find yourself divided by your own business's brand, then this is the show for you. Join me, your host, Dan O'Cock, a brand identity specialist with over 20 years design experience and founder of Vi Design Co. I'm gonna talk everything brand, but more specifically, I want to go behind the scenes of real life brand challenges that businesses and individuals have faced that has left them divided in their mind or divided by the people around them. I want you to learn with me exactly what real life brand divides people have faced and by overcoming them, did they help to create success? It's the show that's gonna have a host of different branding stories. I'm gonna be speaking with people on personal branding, corporate branding. I want to speak with artists and designers, even streamers. I want to put these guests in front of you and get them to open up about their own brand divides. And I think you'll agree that's quite enough jazzy intro. Can we just start the show please? Welcome to another episode of divided by brand. My name's Dan Ocock and here's what's coming up on this show. I put another guest under the divided by brand spotlight. And in this episode, my guest is a fantastic marketing consultant called Laura Smith. Now, Laura specializes in copywriting and branding. Laura's the director of Ella Street Communications, which is an independent agency providing female-led small businesses with the skills and knowledge they need to build their brands. Laura is superb at what she does, and so much so that she's been featured on Blogosphere magazine, The Sunday Times, and BBC Radio 4. Laura says she's constantly motivated and inspired by her four-year-old daughter. And the best thing about what Laura and Ella Street Communications do is that they donate a percentage of all profits to earth protecting charities and this is to ensure a safer world for tomorrow's generation. Laura says her mission is to encourage women to follow their passion and create a lifestyle that works for them. I'm going to be talking to Laura about her own brand journey and how she's arrived to where she is now with her business. I'm also going to be asking her who she's chosen as her boldest brand of this episode, and I'll be asking her what her biggest brand-dividing moment has been to date. So welcome to the show, Laura. Um, It's really, really good to have you on. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you and chatting about you know, where you've got to with your business um, and just find a little bit more out about your brand and and, and how you've um, got to the stage that you're at with your brand. If we start things off with, you know, what you've been up to over the last few weeks, I always find that's a good place to start and, um, you know, tell me what you've been up to.
1: Yeah, so uh, the last few weeks I've been working on some really great stuff. I've um, restarted a few projects which were delayed when the uh, coronavirus lockdown hit, so... A few people went on pause, but that's all sort of kicked off again now. Good, and back to my usual levels of business, which is really nice. Um, so I've been working on some branding projects for clients, and I've had um, some new people join my business as well. So I've been working with um, new clients that have come from new industries that are new to me. So it's been a really nice period of learning a few new skills as they're going
0: love it i'm really glad to hear that i mean when you're talking with fellow um creatives or people like yourself in the same industry as myself to hear that it's busy at this time um it's really good news um for listeners and i guess if you're listening back to the show we're still in the midst of this um coronavirus pandemic so that's really good news and well done for you to you know get on with stuff and we don't really have a choice as small business owners do we now we've We've got it.
1: I don't, no, it's, it's reassuring that I'm seeing most people in a similar situation to me are also saying that they're busy. Mm. And I think in, in some respects, it's just kind of, you just got to get on with it, haven't you? It's
0: Yeah, um, and I don't know if you found yourself in a similar situation to myself, but I am the only person in my business, and I'm not classed as self-employed because it's a limited company. So in terms of help from the government, um, there's no sort of grants or, or handouts available. So you know, I can't afford to stop. I've really got to plough. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the same for yourself?
1: Exactly the same. Yeah. So I'm I'm in um, a situation where, yeah, as, as you say, I don't qualify for government help. So if I wasn't working, I'd be struggling.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, you just got to plough on and find the work and it, the work is out there.
0: I know it's good. So what I want to do is there's a couple of points that I'd, I've seen that you've I wanted to have a little chat around that you've been busy with um, some highlights that you posted over on LinkedIn. You've, I mean, you just seem to be flat out, like we were saying, really busy, really pushing um, yourself and the business on. So the, the three things that I pulled out, there's a copywriting course for beginners that you've put out there. Tell me a little bit a bit about that.
1: Yeah. So this came about when I had a couple of clients come to me and say, I really want to hire you to do some copywriting I'd actually like to do it myself eventually and I want to learn how to do it so I said okay well how's the best way of doing that and I chatted to them about what might work for them and consistently what came out was that they wanted a kind of um, course which could help them improve their skills over a period of time. So I wrote this up as a course, and I'm now selling this um, to anyone who wants to buy it. It's available on my website um, for £25. I'll get a little sales ticket in there.
0: Absolutely. I'm going to put links to your site and everything in the show notes. So if anyone's listening back, um, they'll be able to click on those those links and see exactly what you're talking about.
1: And yeah, it's aimed at, um, I say, small business owners who want to do their own marketing, maybe haven't got the finances to outsource all of that. So want to really upskill themselves. Um, But it's also really great for anyone who's working in a kind of junior marketing or PR position who wants to advance their career and just build on what they're able to do with their copywriting.
0: Fantastic. So I know that your kind of um, drive, if you like, is very much on female focused, um, small businesses is the copywriting course. Kind of tailored for them or is this more of an open market or are you still aiming this at your niche?
1: This is much more open. Um so copywriting, as I say, is is there for anyone who needs to do it. Um it's very much tailored around what you want to get out of it in this first module that I've uploaded. So the overall plan is that there'll be two modules eventually um once I get time to write the second one. Awesome. The first one is very much you decide what you want to improve, say whether it's web copy or learning how to do uh, press releases or blogs, you have in mind what you want to improve on and then use the course tailored around that piece.
0: Fantastic. And there's another another item that you'd put out there that you've been working on as well, which you've called the Girl Power Business Plan Template.
1: This uh, is a little bit money. <laughs> So this is sort of aimed towards my target client, which is kind of um, a mum who's set up their own business, probably on turn to leave or just afterwards, who realises that they don't want to go back to the corporate life after starting a family. And they want to be in charge of their own hours. They want to have that flexibility in their life, which comes from running your own business so this is about getting them up and running it's about looking not just at the practical stuff so it it goes beyond the finances the month-by-month plan it's it goes a little bit deeper than that and looks at your values and your motivations and really asks you why you're doing what you're doing and uses that as a tool to keep you progressing
0: awesome so how can listeners get access to that is that something they can download or do they have to visit your website and kind of subscribe how can they get yeah, access so
1: head to my website it's ellastreetcommunications.com and in there you'll see a page called courses and resources and everything is in there
0: brilliant now you've also joined a mastermind i believe who was that <laughs> with
1: that is with a few um, like-minded women that are also soul traders. Um, they're from all over the place, so though. There, there's a few from um, Yorkshire. There's some from the Midlands, and then there's a couple of people from America as well. Um, which I don't know how they're come, taking part in this because it's like five a.m. when for them when we do it. But, De-
0: dedication
1: it is it's a dedication i can't bring myself to get up that early but um we meet once a week online and talk about our goals and we set each other tasks to complete for the next week um no one in the group has been part of a mastermind before so we don't know if it's what other people do but generally we're targets and then making sure that we hold each other accountable to meet them so that we're always progressing our businesses
0: yeah, I've not joined a specific mastermind. I've worked with um, a coach myself and that structure is, you know, that is what you'd expect to have um, accountability partners and then work towards goals. That's something that, you know, you do find in this kind, in that kind of structure. So but I, having been and worked through stuff like that before, it's so, um, it's enlightening, but it's a real, it's a, it just helps keep you going and it helps you push through to achieve what, you know, you're setting out to, to do. If you, without, without those people there nudging you or sharing ideas between them, you can sometimes stall, can't you?
1: That's the thing. I think when you're working on your own, it's easy to make yourself believe that some tasks are going to be longer or more difficult than they actually are. So one of the things that I set out to achieve in the mastermind was getting this girl power business plan template ready. And if I'd have been doing that on my own, I, Oh wait, no, I would have taken months over it. I'd have put it off and off, thinking it was going to be this huge task. But because I'd set this out as a task that I wanted to complete, and I told them about it, I was like, "Right, I've got to get it done." And I just did it, and it wasn't that difficult. It yeah. As time that I was imagining that it would.
0: Yeah. No, that's good. And really good to hear that you've, um, you know, you found a, a group that you can develop yourself and 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 share ideas and and bounce things off one another. <laughs> Let's just um, picking up on that point there. When you work, when you said that you're doing this, when you you come up against challenges on your own, um, let's sort of now focus on your business and how you've arrived to where you are, where you find yourself um, at the present time. So, the question that I'm asking, I guess, is really. How have you become the person that you are? What give me a little bit of background as to your journey that's led up to to this point? I mean, you don't have to you know dive into the, an entire life story, but I'm quite intrigued to see what's made you arrive at this point.
1: So, I think the person that I am is an incredibly recent change. To be honest, the um, the last year or so has given me a chance to really consider what I value both in life and business. And I'm lucky enough that I'm at a stage now where I know what I value and I can implement those things into my life. Um, but it's probably only a couple of years ago that I really stopped following the formula for life. Um, so before that, I'd more or less done everything by the book. I'd gone to uni, gone traveling, did some graduate work, moved to London, settled down to have a family. And they're all things that I'm glad I've done. And you know I, I wouldn't have been Reach the place that I am now without them, but I don't think I've ever felt authentically me until this year. Maybe it's just getting older. Um, but there's so much to worry about when you're in your 20s, especially about who you should be and what kind of person you are. And I remember my 30th birthday really clearly as being this huge weightlifting and just feeling kind of content in myself. And the last couple of years have just built on that and built on the importance of feeling good about who I am and how I live my life. And my business is so. Um, central to that that it's just sort of come out and made my business a lot stronger as well
0: i love hearing this because i'm resonating with everything that you've said and um i haven't asked your age it because it's not polite to ask a lady that <laughs> that's what i was brought up to say uh, but i'm 41 and 42 this year and i have very much become the most comfortable in my own skin that i've possibly been for my entire life having adhered to like the regime or that nine to five um, working, if you like. And I did something similar. I worked with a business coach to identify my core values. I used the Ikigai process, uh, which I've talked about in another episode, to to identify my, my values, but build my business around that. And it sounds like you've done something like that yourself, right? Yeah,
1: I think so. I think I've, I've worked on... Um, my business with a business coach this year but what came out of that wasn't just reflecting on my business it reflected on who I am as a person and how I need to bring that across yeah. through my brand personality and that's what's really got me to a place of being really comfortable with saying this is who I am, this is what I do and this is who I work with yeah. and I don't think that would have happened a year or so ago
0: So that what you mentioned there about brand personality did you have a brand personality before did you have a business have you always had something that you've either had as a side hustle or you know was there anything that you kind of were imagining in your head as your brand personality or is that just something that's come to the to the forefront in the last sort of 12 to 24 months
1: I think everyone who runs a business probably does have a brand personality it's just whether they're aware of it or not I think whatever messages you're putting out to your audience is creating a personality around you. It's just how much control you have over how people interpret that. So I feel very much on top of that now and I feel very confident in what I'm saying is authentic. And when people come to work with me, they don't suddenly find a totally different personality behind the screen. It's, um, It's just about getting that across and realizing that even if you don't, really think about those things people will interpret you in some way regardless so you've really got to think about how you want that to be and be the one in charge of putting that out there
0: absolutely and if you think back to i think we'd call it like the birth of the business so the start of this journey that um you had to put if you like pen to paper um what did that look like right at the beginning what was your first idea for a business brand
1: It was really funny. I just didn't have one, but I didn't know you needed one. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I went freelance in 2015 and right at the start, kind of like first couple of days, I remember going into my bank to set up a business account and they ushered me into this private office and gave me a cup of tea, nothing I'd ever known as a regular bank customer. Um, but they sat me down and asked me what my business name was. And I said, I don't know, do I need one? <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous now, of course I needed one. Um, but this was literally day one, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, there wasn't the online support freelancers can really easily find now. So. I just thought, well, I'm going to be a copywriter, so I guess my business name will be Laura Smith Writer because that's my name, that's what I do. And that was it, that was my domain name and my email address and everything. I mean, I knew nothing about SEO at that point either, otherwise I'd have realized straight off the bat that nobody was going to successfully find me on Google by searching a name like Laura Smith. But then I got an opportunity. I I took a contract that became the entirety of my work for 18 months. So when that came to a close and I headed back to look for new clients again, I realized I could more or less start afresh. And I really thought about branding for the first time. I knew so much more about how businesses worked and how to present themselves. Plus this time, I think I was going out there as a marketing consultant as well as a copywriter. So I had to think about my brand in a really big way. And it has got to be one of the best phases of business I've been through I just love that chance to sort of reinvent myself
0: yeah and so was there a before you when you said you reinvented yourself was there something was there that point where you were like either people weren't identifying with what you were doing or some kind of light bulb moment that you were like I need to change this
1: I don't know if it was what people were thinking of me but it's more what I was thinking of myself that I think before this change I was very much a sole trader in my head, and on paper I'm still a sole trader now, but I don't want to present as one. So back then I was very much, oh, it's just me, I'm just a little freelance writer, I don't have much more to me than that. Um, But now I'm like, I'm branded as a company name, I'm Illustrate Communications, and that's part opportunity for growth, so that if I want to develop into a small team in the future, then there's room to do that without another rebrand. Yeah. Um, and it's part just putting myself out there as a bit of a bigger picture. I mean, I know a lot of people do trade as their um, their own name and they do a really fantastic job of that, but I wasn't doing a fantastic job of that. And I knew that I needed this brand name to sort of get behind and really push myself to say right this is bigger than a freelancer but this is what I can do.
0: Absolutely and so if and this is a question I'm, I'm asking to each and every guest if you went back and met yourself 10 years ago what kind of stuff would you say to uh, you know 10 year younger Laura?
1: Um first of all I think I'd I must have to break up with the boyfriend I had at the time. <laughs> I think mostly I would tell myself that other people's narratives of who I am don't count, um, that I'm the only person that gets to decide who I am. I don't have to fit into this description of what other people have written about, this quiet person that doesn't ever talk highly of themselves. And in the future, we'll reach a point where people genuinely celebrate themselves. I don't know if you you noticed this as well, but on social media as well, there's a lot of self-celebration now, and that's an amazing thing. And there's no notion of that being self-centered or attention-seeking. And I think if I went back 10 years, I would just say to myself, there's no reason not to start that kind of thinking now.
0: Yeah, good. I really like that answer, and I I agree. I think social medias, um, it is, well, each platform is different. Um, and you've got to think differently to, if you're approaching social media as an individual or you're approaching social media as a business or two different, completely different ball games. But the trouble that I have, and this is because my brand is very much at the minute about myself, but the kind of company brand sits above me, um, is how I engage my audience, how much do I show my audience of me as opposed to business me or what that line between business and and social how far do I bring them into my own social life do you have that dilemma at all
1: um yeah definitely I I think when I started rebranding myself as L Street Communications I took the decision to use my existing social media accounts um which were obviously full of content which were very which was very much just describing who I am basically yeah. and I thought shall I scrap that shall I delete everything shall I start a new account and I like, no you know what I'm coming from a place where I want to say to people this is me and this is what I do so why would I get rid of the past you know it's, it's still me I'm still the same person I'm just a lot more comfortable with what I'm doing now yeah so- I mean, for instance, my Instagram account was full of pictures of my daughter, as I'm sure most parents' accounts are, um, when you're thinking of yourself as as an individual. I thought, does that look unprofessional? Should, Should I delete all of that? But then when I think about what my branding, my values were, it's all about success as a parent and using your children as motivation to succeed and that hasn't changed in the slightest so I still post the occasional photo of my daughter and say look at this thing that's motivating me to go and um, take the world by storm and achieve all the things that I want to go out and do this year
0: yeah I'm the same I, I, exactly the same process for me so you know pick and choose it's not something every day that's, that's kid focused by any means but one of my values is um, to be able to choose when and how I engage with my family. So if this afternoon, I mean, I think I've got another interview plan, but after that, I'm just going to down tools and spend time with the family. So that's a big part of my value of being able to work um, for myself. So yeah, I include that in, you know, my, I guess it is in my brand because it's out there in the public eye. Like we've just been saying it's um, the impression that um, and the audience or the customers have, but also that reputation, so brand for me is that reputation that precedes you and that you're always... You, know, you need to work on that and develop it and make sure it's consistent. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask you, I wanted to... One of the things that really intrigued me about when we had our kind of little pre-call um, before the interview was that you've done all this yourself. And when I say all this, I mean established the business and got it to the point that it's at. You've tackled the brand, the launching of the brand, the developing of the brand yourself, right? Everything is done. Yeah. Yeah. How hard has that been? I mean, I'm trying to think of what you would say to listeners out there that might, might might've picked up on your background and be listening there going, what Laura's done is amazing. What was, what's our journey been like? What kind of stuff have you come up against?
1: I think if I'm thinking about how I've branded and what I've come up against, it's more about being comfortable with who you are and what you, what you want to put out to the world. So if there's someone who's trying to set up a business for the first time now and they're thinking, right, I've got to get all my branding in place. I've got to know who I am and what my messages are. I would say just, just hold back a little bit because those things don't come on day one. You've got to work a bit first and find out who you are as part of that phase and journey of working for yourself. And those values only come once you've got the experience of what that looks like. Um, So I think if I'd sat down five years ago and tried to come up with Illustrate Communications, I might have come up with some of the same ideas, but I don't think they would have felt as authentic. I think I needed to go through that process of working under my own name first and then realizing that that wasn't quite right to be able to move on to other things i mean i think most businesses in the world have gone through a rebrand at some point so it's all about trying something and then using that to shape the next version of what you do
0: absolutely and at any point did you consider not fast tracking but working with somebody who's like a brand strategist who would help you to Um, discover things like your brand values or your brand mission statement, did that cross your mind at all?
1: That didn't cross my mind just because that's something that I offer myself. And I, I figured if I, if I can offer that to clients, then I should be able to do that for myself. But you know, Decorating or play at their own houses is the worst painting. I was about to
0: say, don't you find working on your own stuff an absolute nightmare?
1: Yeah, it's just you don't make the time for it. I think, you know, if, if you've got the option of client work coming in, you, you want to prioritise them because they're the ones that are going to go away with an opinion of you and you kind of tell yourself that you can do your own stuff anytime but at some point you need to sit down and go right other people are looking at this they're making judgments based on what's already out there and it's not quite right and i need to change that
0: i also think that it's sometimes a case of not being able to look from the outside in properly and it's something that i tell my clients if they've tried to um have a go at at designing their own logo um it's now on impossible not only because they're not designers but because they've got this preconceived idea um, of how it should look and when you have to work on your own brand that extra set of eyes would be fantastic I think
1: definitely and I think that comes into what I found really helpful in the last year or so is um, freelance communities. So I'm in a lot of Facebook groups, um, the mastermind, like you say, and a few WhatsApp groups of different freelancers. And I'll go to them. So I I might not um, formally hire somebody to work with me, but I will go to them and say, would you have a read through of my website? I'll do this for you in exchange. Um, Would you give me some feedback on X, Y, and Z? And just getting that feedback from people that, are representative of my clients it's really important so I wouldn't ever ask someone to read through my work and give me feedback on it unless I valued their opinion because they closely matched the person that I was trying to target.
0: Yeah. I think um, the problem or the issues that a lot of um, startups face is there's an overwhelming amount of information out there and nobody's really clear on what you need there isn't a definition of what you need in order to launch a business right
1: no absolutely it's different for
0: everybody um, and so often people do sit there scratching their heads thinking what what do i need to start with mm. what would you say to someone who's saying i've got an idea for a business um, what do i need to get it off the ground in terms oh, yeah, of a- I think-
1: I think whatever your business is, whatever industry you're working in, the same rules apply that the one thing you need for your business is contacts. You need to be able to tell other people what you're doing. And that's all day one of business is, I think for most people, it's not about having all of your messages lined up and your branding in place. It's about telling people that you've decided to do this thing and that you're going to go out there and do it. I think my first day, of business, I literally sat down and made a big list of everyone that I thought might be helpful and everyone that I wanted to know what I was doing and I just emailed them or picked up the phone and said, can I have five minutes of your time to talk about this and worked on that about, went from there to um, saying, can I pop into your office and then I would just move the conversation further every time till, until that turned into paying clients and the branding stuff came a little bit later. I didn't have an up and running website at that time. Um, I, just, I just sort of get the ground running and then worried about the rest of it
0: later i agree and contacts and communicating and being able to start conversations um if you if you can't explain what you what you do um you know over the phone or even in an email just to start that conversation then really that's the baseline isn't it being able to express what you do to to your audience
1: Definitely. And I came across an absolutely amazing piece of advice recently, which was talking about getting into a concise sentence, what you do. And funny, I think most people would approach this as, well, what's my business? Um, I'm a copywriter. So therefore, what do I do? Well, I provide copywriting. And what I need to do is spin that around to ask myself who I'm targeting and what problem I'm solving. So now I might not go out there and say, I'm a copywriter. I might go out there and say, I increase your web traffic with um, clear messages. So I spin it around to see from the client's perspective what they need. They might not think that they need a copywriter, but they might need to increase their customer base or brand awareness and copywriting comes into that. So I sort of turn it on its head in a way that the clients understand.
0: Excellent. Let me ask you. A kind of, I'm, I'm intrigued to know what's next for you and what's next for L Street Communications. Um, where are you? Have you got a plan for the brand? Have you got a business plan that's mapped out for, say, the next five years? What's your vision? Um,
1: I've got a vague plan. <laughs>
0: well, that's better than no plan.
1: <laughs> what I would say is I, I don't tend to, write plans and goals I'll I'll write them as um, markers to be able to look back and see if what I did matched up with what I thought I was going to do just because I find it interesting to see which routes I went down really Um, so I've got a plan to expand Um, I'd like to grow into a small team in the next five years I would like to um, develop the industries that I work for so I, I do a little bit for the travel industry at the moment and I'd quite like to take that a bit further and Look at clients in different countries and see where if I can take this on a, a bigger scale to um, move around see see who I can work for. But I think mostly the the big thing for me is that I'm really clear now and it's quite recent on, on who my client is. And that client is mums um, or women that want to go out on their own and find their own feet and find their own success and build on that on their own. And I want to work with them. And that hasn't been clear cut before. I think I've always maybe been a little bit afraid of turning myself away from some aspects of work if I get too focused on a niche. Whereas now I I absolutely love that niche. It's all I want to do. So I really want to focus on that and go out and tell the world that that's what I'm doing and build up to see who I can work with. that really makes me feel like I'm doing an amazing job of that.
0: And to say you haven't got a plan—that was a pretty good answer. <laughs> so <you've, laughs> You're gonna—I haven't really got a plan, but I am going to try and grow the, the team, and I'm going to try and expand and do. I think you've you've got something in your mind there, certainly. Um, on the on that element of growing and having other people as part of your business and essentially part of your brand. How important will it be, and how do you think you'll actually choose those people? You know, is, is that going to are they going to have to have um, have similar values, be in similar positions? Have have even thought about that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it will be kind of a normal recruitment process. I think it will be more of a, a relationship building phase where maybe I've already met the people that will be part of Illustrate Communications in the future. Um, there's a few people that I work with occasionally so I'll, I'll team up with a graphic designer or an illustrator or someone who provides a complimentary service um, and I think bringing in those people in a more formal way in the, fu- in the future could be a thing. Um, so it's, it's not necessarily about going out and finding people that fit a role that I already know I need filling. it's more about meeting the people first and seeing where they could fit in.
0: right. That's interesting. And I hear the, I do hear that approach um, fairly regularly that, that not that the days of a kind of traditional agency are limited, but there's not there isn't many people that find a, a big team works well. You know, there are big agencies out there, but the the one man band who expands or contracts depending on the size of a project seems to be a very popular business model right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of that comes from um, just knowing how I work well as well. I've, I've, I've worked in agencies before. I've done things as part of big teams and where I feel comfortable is when I'm working mostly on my own. So (laughs) when, uh, if you've worked with me in the past, you know that I've probably come across as quite antisocial in an office because I like to just get my head down and get on with it. Um, So I think just playing on that strength and not trying to change that too much. So if I I did have a team, it would still be very much a team of individuals in that sense um, of people who know their own strengths and really want to get on with what they want to do. But, coming together to form a team to work on things when it's appropriate and when they know that their strengths really work well together.
0: Yeah. And it's such a, at the moment, especially, um, being able to work like that and being able to work like that remotely is is what has to happen. And I've launched three brands in the last month and they've all been done remotely I haven't had any face-to-face meetings, but we've just been using technology, collaborating tools, um, and everything that's available that I know of to make these projects work. It's just kind of the norm, but it's such, it's for now and certainly where things are going, it is the way that business is done, I think.
1: Yeah. And it's something that I've always kind of encouraged businesses to use as well. I mean, the fact is that, you know, when you cut out going to an office, you do cut out the social side and that's a negative thing for a lot of people. And you do need that, but there's a way of getting that in, which doesn't trip up your workload or your, you know, your train of thought. And I think I, I much prefer the sort of remote working aspect anyway, but I, I love the sort of, um, right, we'll jump on a Zoom call from 10 till 11 and sit and have a cup of tea and chat about how the rest of the day is going to go. But then after that, we'll, you know, we'll be there on our own to really get down to the work and think about what we need to do. And, you know, people are always there. We know we've got endless ways of communicating with other people now, so that if we if we get stuck or we just need a five-minute chat to break up the day or we need to ask someone's opinion on an idea we've had, that doesn't go away from working remotely. Everyone is still there. And I think that's what some businesses need to remember.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Let me bring, sort of round things up um, as we kind of draw to the end of the interview. There's a question that I haven't asked yet, which from what we've discussed um, up to this point, I'm quite keen to find out what you would class as your biggest brand-dividing moment. So when did everything change for you? I think I know the answer, but I just kind of want to get your words on that one.
1: That was after a period of living in London when I had decided to move back to Yorkshire um, for family reasons. My, my daughter was reaching an age where we were starting to have to think about primary school applications, and it was a bit of a big moment of, right, like, where do we want to commit to living? And ultimately Yorkshire won, as it always does. (laughs) And and so that gave me the opportunity to rebrand. You know, there was a bit of room to breathe in that move and think about, you know, do I want to take the opportunity to rebrand? And it was an absolute definite yes for that. It was, I don't want to come back and do the same thing that I've been doing. It was, I wanted to come out there and come out stronger and better than ever. So, yeah, when we came back from London, there was definitely a timely opportunity to sit down and think about how I wanted that to appear. And I didn't want it to look like a failure or giving up on a certain aspect of business. It was just about getting myself into the right space to work in a way that was going to be successful for me. So even though this was very much about branding and very much about how I present myself, it was also about getting myself physically in many ways in the place that I knew I needed to be in order to succeed.
0: Perfect. So yeah, I mean, that does sound, often people with a brand, whether it's a rebrand or whatever, there's those key life changing events, um, whether it is a move or even if if it's business related, perhaps the business has been bought out, um, had external investment. There's always a key moment, isn't there, where you can kind of say it yourself or identify, this is the right time to change
1: yeah absolutely and funnily enough that's where the vast majority of my clients fit in because they come to me at that point in their lives as well where they've decided to go down a different avenue or start something new which they haven't had chance to do in their lives before so it was kind of a good example to say to my clients look I've done this for myself and now I can do it for you as well yeah. um, and work on that whole branding and copywriting structure in my own business as an example of what I could do for the people.
0: Fantastic. Well, look, I've really enjoyed hearing about that, um, that brand divider moment and the challenges that you faced. Um, if anyone listening back and wants to check out Laura's profile, um, the company Ella Street Communications, I'm going to be putting links um, in the show notes so that you can go and see what she does and who she works with and a little bit more about her story. I want to finish on is that I asked my guests what their boldest brand um, of the last week so what the boldest brand that they would like to be or would like to choose on this particular episode so have you got a brand that's come to the attention of you over the last few weeks Laura is there anyone that you want to give a shout out to
1: yeah absolutely I mean For me, it's really, really hard to pick one, to be honest. I might have to cheat on this answer. Um, But for me, one of the most impressive and important things over the last few years is this community of mostly women who have used every ounce of energy they have to push the agenda of flexible working. Um, Now, obviously, we're in lockdown in the UK. The, The country has been pushed into trying it. Um, And I love that even the most dubious employers have come around to realise that if people like their jobs and they feel valued, they will do a good job. And that means that they can be trusted to work from home. And that's something that has left so many women out of careers for so long because rigid working just didn't fit with family life. Yeah. Um, But there's a small team that created a recruitment company called That Works For Me. And it provides opportunities for people looking for work to find proper career roles that fit their lives. And it's just brilliant. Um, But in the same breath, there are companies called Pregnant Than Scrooge um, that have been helping women in careers too, and individuals like Anna Whitehouse, who has used her social voice for really good causes as well. But if I can um, divert a little bit, I think I'm gonna have to mention Fern Cotton here randomly as well.
0: Oh, right, okay, interesting.
1: (laughs) So most people think of brands as being whole companies full of people, as we've touched on, but brands are very much individuals too. And I just read um, Quiet, one of Fern Cotton's books, and in this she talked about her decision to leave radio one and i rather pessimistically assumed that this was the bbc's decision when this happened maybe around her getting a bit older and not fitting the audience anymore but she explained in her book that it was her idea and one that terrified her and she just had this urge to rebrand herself totally but she still left the bbc before she knew what the new version of herself looked like and she just worked it out along the way
0: Right, okay.
1: Aside from the fact that she's obviously very privileged and able to do that much easier than a lot of people can, I still think it's worth admiring when someone leaves a safe career to rebrand and say, that's not who I am anymore, but I'm working it out. And I really like that a lot of the the decisions that she's taken um, are kind of on that journey and she's taking her audience base with her. And I'm really keen to see
0: what she does in the future as well. What an awesome brand. And yeah, you're right. It's a personal brand. Um, Someone like like Fern has worked on that Um, and I'm intrigued because my my wife it's appeared on my radar through my wife and that brand of Fern obviously resonates with 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 the audience that like yourself and um, I'm I love hearing, and I'm I would be tempted to pick up the book and read it myself because that as a journey would intrigue me to find out the the challenges that she faced. And you're right in that if you've got if she's had that privilege to perhaps not feel, um, you know, she, she's got a mortgage to pay and she's not like she's leaving a, a, a minimum wage job in order to set something up, um, but she still had. Challenges and barriers to push through, um, in order to reinvent and um, position. I think is probably the best word. Position herself as as the brand that she wanted to be.
1: Yeah, she's done that really publicly as well. We've been really open about coming out and saying, "I don't know what I'm doing yet, but this is my journey." Whereas a lot of other people in the public eye would disappear for a couple of years, and then come back when they figured it out. And I think it's it's more sort of telling of the times that we live in that people are doing
0: that more publicly now. So I think we've probably got about five boldish brands (laughs) (laughs) on this particular episode. Um, Just give me the name of Fern's book again. I didn't quite catch that.
1: Uh, Her book was called
0: Quiet. That was it, Quiet. I'm going to post a link um, to the brands that Laura's just mentioned. So if any of um, of them have resonated or you want to find out a bit more about how well they're doing with their brand, Go and check them out. So, what I'm going to do is really just say, you know, thank you very much for coming on the show, Laura. I've really enjoyed hearing your stories and the challenges that you've faced yourself personally and as a business up to this point. Um, I think that you've really um, took a key moment in time. With your move to reinvent yourself, you've explored exactly what you wanted to in your own values, and then set yourself up for. I think that I, I go through the process of vicky guy. So you now have your own beliefs, and you've built this business off the back of those beliefs and those values. And I think you know any listener out there listening to this episode is going to agree that you you seem and you sound entirely focused on that. So well done. Thank you very much. So here we are, the end of another episode. If you want to read more about my own work or my business, or if you feel like applying to be a guest on the show, which I am looking for new guests, if you feel like anything on the show has resonated with you on any level, please get in touch. You can do all of this via my website, which is danielocock.com. You'll be able to listen to more episodes on there. You can see some of my designs, some of my illustration work as well. You'll also find all my social media channels. So I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, and there is some stuff on Instagram. You'll be able to engage with me directly on there. The podcast itself is available to download via most of the major platforms out there. So thinking Spotify, iTunes, things like that. If you like the show, then please don't forget to hit share. And it'd be great to read a review or two from yourselves. Um, just to tell me what you think about the show i will read some of those out at the end of each episode and i'd like to give some special mentions and thanks to anyone who does take the time to write one and on that note i just want to say thank you for listening to this episode and remember if you're not proud of your brand how do you expect anyone else to be